God wants complete and total dependence upon him. That's what God is talking about in this season. God wants us to be completely and totally dependent upon him. We live in a very prosperous, very blessed nation. We have everything we need. Even when we don't have our needs, somehow in this land, you don't have to go too far to find it. Sometimes that can cause us to have a misunderstanding of what it means to be dependent upon God because we have it so good. Sometimes we don't realize. Have you ever noticed that someone who's going through a crisis prays a little bit harder than someone who is being blessed in that moment? People say, how come miracles happen in the third world countries and they don't happen here? And usually the person who comes back from those type of meetings and those events will tell you it's because they have nothing. They are completely and totally desperate. God wants us to be just as desperate here. God wants us to be just as desperate for him. Just as needy for him. God wants to be God in our lives. God wants to be God in your life. Walking with God is the greatest walk that you could ever walk. It's not option A and option B. It's not, well, walk with God because your life will be better. It's walk with God or die. That's how strong it is. Walk with God or die. We just don't realize. The enemy has put such blinders. It's just getting darker and darker and darker and darker. Does anybody in this room have a Netflix account or an Amazon account? Parents, you should be watch making sure you're watching with your kids are watching. I've been turning more and more and more stuff off. And the crazy thing is, it's on TV and it's a sitcom. And so you think it's okay. I'm not behind the curtain. If you know what the curtain is, you're older than 30, probably the, after your 30s, it didn't exist anymore. The curtain was the back room at the movie place. Stuff comes on and I'm like, this is pornography. But it's completely and totally normal and accepted. But it's happened so little by little, it's crept in that you don't realize how dark it's gotten. I don't know 
what the Lord is ultimately up to. And to be honest, even Jesus on the earth, they asked him questions about timing, and he said, you just focus on the kingdom. You just focus on me. There'll be some things you're going to notice. There's going to be some things you're going to look and you're going to see. And, and you're going to know that we're in a season and there's some time, you're going to know you're in some times. But the, all the little details, you don't worry about that. You just keep focusing on the kingdom. So I don't know what the ultimate time frame is with God. But I do know that we have to now, right now, we have to get into a place where we are completely and totally and utterly, desperately dependent upon Him. The darkness in this world will take believers down that aren't sharp, that aren't constantly before Him. It creeps in so subtly Remember, and I've preached on this before, remember what was the tactics of the serpent in the garden? It says that he was more subtle than all the other creatures. He came in with subtlety. He came in and he tricked them and made them forget what God said. Made them forget who God is, really. And he's trying to do the same thing now that's been his game plan all along. Try to get us to forget God. Forget who God is. It comes in in all different ways. In every one of your stories, you're all going to have a different story. You're all going to have a different way that God came and got a hold of you. In a different past. And all of that is, is really irrelevant. It's personal to you. But it's irrelevant in the sense that all of it, two things were happening. The devil was trying to take you down and the Lord's trying to rescue you. That's it. Through all of it. And if you go into your story, you'll see both. Clearly, huh? You go down to your story and you start unraveling the pages and looking back and you see where the devil, wow, he was trying to get me there. Or worse, you say, he did get me there. And then you see, wow, the Lord was trying to rescue me. And then thank God, that's where the Lord did rescue me. We have to be totally dependent upon Him. And I don't, I love when the Lord surprises me. <laughs> I love when He surprises me. You ever going along with God and you think everything's fine and then all of a sudden, you know, you get into these seasons where you kind of wrestle, you're not really sure what's going on, but it's because God's trying to get into your heart. You ever have those times with Him? And I would say I went into that this summer. I didn't even realize it was happening because, um, because life is good. And actually, I was fine in my mind, but there was just this like this wrestling with God and not even knowing it. And it's because he's constantly looking for more and more and more and more and more of our hearts. So it kind of caught me off guard. I thought I was trusting him. I thought I was depending upon him. I thought I was leaning on him. And you know what the Lord does? He allows circumstances. Everybody say, he allows, he allows. 
circumstances around your life, and you can read about this in Peter, you can read about this in James, to apply pressure so that the real you comes out. You know who the real you is? You under pressure. You think you know the real you. You don't know the real you until you are pressured till the real you comes out. Now, don't be condemned. Don't be surprised. Just deal with it. And I feel like that's what happened this summer. I felt like I got into this place where I wasn't, I felt like maybe God wasn't fully there the way I expected him to be. I don't know. I, I, this thing in my heart, I wasn't fully dependent upon him, fully locked in and just relying on him the way I thought I was until my heart, I started thinking things and thinking, well, this person, that, and they should have done this, and they should have helped here, and, and I start thinking these things, and where, Lord, you know, I'm still trusting you, but I don't know what you're going to do about this, and, and it was subtle, 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 subtle things, but started bubbling up in my heart until finally you just have to deal with the Lord. And I was on my way to a job one day, and I just felt, I felt a little abandoned by God. And it's so hard to, dis- I, can't, I can't even give you details, hard to describe, except I think we've all been there. Where you just, you don't really know what God's doing, but you know he's doing something, but it feels like he kind of forgot that he was doing something. <laughs> you know that even Jesus on the cross, it says, you know, why have you forsaken me? When you're in that place, where the Lord's dealing with you. And unfortunately, it wasn't Jesus' fault for Jesus. In that moment, that was us there. When he said, why have you forsaken me? It was us there. The Lord had not forsaken him, but he had to drive him to the place of complete, not just death in the body, but death in spirit. You know, death in spirit is harder than death in the body. Like I started saying last week, you know what real death is, is death is separation from God. Not the body is going to die, and who cares? Honestly, who cares? If you have a fear of dying, you need to get over that because we're going to be in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever with God with brand new bodies that don't wear out, they don't get sore, and backs don't go out, and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But the soul, right, our, 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 that inner place where that soul and spirit is wrestling with God and we just feel like maybe God is is abandoning us or forsaking us. We need to know that God's working on us. He's always working. And when we feel like he's kind of withdrawn a little bit, he's not withdrawn. He has allowed pressure to come in to bring up the junk in us again. And he does it over and over and over again. You think I'm done that's finished, you know, and he brings it again. And so I'm, I'm on my way to work this one day, and I just, I'm a little bit not in a great place. I just feel like, you know, God, I don't know. I just, I feel like you're far from me. I feel a little abandoned. I feel like I prayed and I asked you for help, and I don't really feel like you're doing that for me. Now, I'm still going to go to work. I'm not going to curse you. You know, they tried to get, remember Job? Like, just curse God and die. He wouldn't curse him. He didn't understand what was happening, but he wouldn't curse God. And I wasn't going to curse God, but... So I had this amazing... Are we okay, guys? I 
Just checking. I had this amazing moment with God, totally unexpected. And I didn't even plan on sharing this. I have some things I want to get right into, but I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to share this. I get on the ladder by myself with this job. I'm on my 32-foot ladder, 30 feet in the air. But I've got worship music playing on my hip. And uh, this guy comes around the corner at the job site. He's like, hey, who is that? He had walked by a couple times. But he's like, and I told him who it is. And he's like, well, I listen to his worship music. I'm a pastor. Another pastor on the job site. <laughs> and he says, I thought I heard Hallelujah. He's like, it sounded like it might have been worship music. I wasn't sure. Then I thought I heard hallelujah. So anyway, we get talking. I never come down from the ladder. I'm still up at the top of the ladder. He's in the ground. So it's just a quick few minutes. But he says something to me. We start talking and I was like, he starts sharing some things about his testimony just really quick and, and what the Lord had done in his life and, and just following God. And he says, just it, all the other details aren't important for you today, but he says this, and this is what I want to preach on. He says, you know, the Lord has been revealing to me that we have to live in the Spirit. Those that will live in the flesh will die. Those who live in the Spirit will live. And something about his words, anointed by the Lord, in that very moment, I was broken right then and there and finished right then and there. I didn't even realize it was done in that moment, except he walks away and I'm like trying to control my emotions now because I realized that the spirit of the Lord is doing something inside me and that it's not something mental that you can do. It's not like, you know, you can't strengthen it out. Uh, you have to really come to that place of abandonment, and even that place right before you would curse him, okay? That place right before cursing, okay? Don't curse him. But that place right before the cursing of God where you just, you're so abandoned, forsaken, and then instantly, just like Jesus on the cross, why have you forsaken me? It says, you know, at that moment, instantly Jesus starts, commit my spirit to you, and he dies. The Lord had not forsaken him. But you get into that place and come on, Jesus is there in that gap for us so that we can now go into that place and the Lord looks at Jesus and then he sees Adam on that ladder that day at, a, at that place of weakness and all of us get to and he says, I have not forsaken you and takes us and rescues us, brings us to him. If I just say the words to you, we need to live in the spirit and not in the flesh, just sounds like gibberish in words because what does that even mean and I just want to quickly read some verses but then I want to preach on it for a few minutes it says in Romans 8 verse 1 it says Romans 8 verse 1 there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus in fact, the New King James expounds it. There's another, there's a comma, and there's another part to this verse, which is also, I don't care, the NLT took it away here because they gave it back a couple of verses later, so it's not that they're not telling you that. But it says in the New King James, comma, it says, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. 
When we get into a place of condemnation, when we get into a place of heaviness, we're in the flesh. We've gotten in flesh. We don't even realize it. It's so subtle. But as soon as we doubt God, as soon as we worry, as soon as we fear, as soon as we think I can do it, I mean, it's so subtle. Flesh is not blatant, dark sin. Flesh brings out those things. You walk in the flesh, those things will come, right? Because James tells us that it's actually desires, right? To give birth to sin, but then sin gives birth to death. So it is a process. Flesh at its core is not just outright dark evil. It's subtle. Because what happens is when I'm in the flesh and I start thinking, this person here is not really being the person. I thought he was a friend and he's not really my friend. And I start savoring on that. Who does that? Come on, church. Who has done that? And we shouldn't do that. And I start like savoring on it. And I'm chewing on it all day. And don't even realize instead of uh, praying and blessing and, and asking for the Lord to mend. And what is it, Lord? And what happened between us? And what's the real issue? And what's the root issue? And what's wrong in, in me, Lord? Lord, deal with the, the plank in my eye if there, maybe there's not even a speck after you deal with the plank after all. But deal with the plank so I can see the speck and we can deal with it. But instead, in the flesh, we, we hang all day with, you know what? They've never really been there for me. You know what? Actually, they're a jerk. You know what? To be honest, I hate them. No, this is where, listen, come on. You're laughing because this is what happens. Because you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, murder and hatred are the same thing. And you say, that's ridiculous in, in your humanity. Why can he say that so confidently as God, knowing our hearts? Because you let hatred brew and it becomes murder. Just let it brew. Come on, who has let hatred brew too long? And then you really have to deal with God. You know, the Lord is giving us zero license for the flesh the more you walk with him. You want to be a mature believer and you want to be. Come on, I'm asking you as a question, but I'm telling you, you need to be. Because you won't make it as an immature believer. Immature believers turn on Netflix and don't realize there's something wrong with that. And all of a sudden, their mind now is filled with those thoughts instead of the word of God. So we must be mature believers because it'll keep coming and it'll keep coming and it will keep coming. But if you want to be a mature believer, then there is no tolerance for the flesh. The flesh will kill you. So what God does is he allows you to have those thoughts so that you realize, and, he, and it, you feel forsaken because, see, God's spirit cannot be near flesh. The forsaking that you're feeling is because you are walking away from God. Imagine if God made you feel warm and fuzzy every time that you were in the flesh. We would never deal with anything. And to be honest, I won't do that as a pastor, and you may not like me for that. And I'm not yelling at anybody. I'm actually, that's why I'm bringing my own story up, all right? I'll try to bring me into the pulpit, bring me here, not just the word here as well sometimes, just so that you don't feel like I'm talking just to you, okay? I'm having to deal with myself this summer. I started having these things in my heart that are not allowed 
TJ and I were working together and we're talking and, and uh, there's this, this, are we okay again, guys? You guys okay? Okay. There's this customer that is not, we're not lining up with dates. And, uh, oh man, I'm being really transparent today. We're trying to line up on a particular date. And anyway, she's irritating me, the secretary of this place. Instead of just getting over it, all I say is, uh, you know, she's an idiot or something like that. But remember, that's what Jesus said. I didn't, call, I didn't use any foul language, but I said it out loud. Now, I knew, I knew I wasn't going to get away with that. I knew it. You, you're not, I knew it. And I had just cut the coil from my gutter machine to run out the last gutter. And I knew when I put the snips to it, you, don't, you can't talk like that. You can't say idiot. You, you think you can talk like that out loud and inf- especially now and influencing him too. I mean, there's there, that too. Think, he might think, well, my pastor says idiot. He might be my cousin, but he's also looking like he's pastor and he says idiot about them. When, when it's not working, we can just not like the person apparently. <laughs> the gutter runs out one inch short. <laughs> and it was the last one. So I have to throw it away and reload the coil and run a new one. But I told him right away. I said, you know, I, have to, I have to tell you something. You know why this happened? And I explained it to him. It's not God being a harsh taskmaster. He actually cares about you. It's because he loves you so, so, so much. He is a holy and righteous God, and God is spirit, and God does not hang in flesh. You were not made as flesh, contrary to belief. He breathed his spirit into flesh and bones. That's the real you. Now, your flesh and bones that carried that spirit were never supposed to die. That's the curse that takes the spirit with it. Jesus comes and redeems the spirit and, and the flesh and bones that just, they were just the, just carriers. They're just carriers of your spirit around. That's all it's doing. It's not really you. That part can die now because Jesus was able to separate that flesh from the spirit, tore the two apart through the blood of Jesus so that when the body dies and Satan thinks I got him and he's looking, where is he? And it's because Jesus rescued your spirit and took you to heaven. So it says in verse 2, and because you belong to him, everybody say, we belong to him. It says, because we belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed us from the power of sin that leads to death. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us Comma. Everybody say, comma. You cannot just say, well, I'm not Jesus. It's not going to fly. It might fly when you're a brand new believer for a little while. The Lord comes and puts like 20 angels around new believers. 
and just covers in blood, right? I mean, you're, who's thankful the Lord did that when you were a new believer? Because you were not a good person. You're still not a good person, but you really weren't a good person then. Thank God that there was a lot, a lot, a lot of grace around you. A lot of grace. Hundreds, Tony said. <laughs> Those angels got tired, man. His angels are on vacation. <laughs> For the next million years. God gave him a million years off because of Tony. Oh man, thank you, Lord. The only reason he starts to remove that grace from your life is so you grow. It's not to hurt you. It's not because he's sadistic, but to get you to lean upon him to be strong in him and to start crossing over from flesh to spirit. And in the beginning, it's as simple as, wow, I don't say the F word anymore. I don't want to look at those things anymore. And then some time goes on and the Lord's been working on your heart. And it's been years and years and years and years and years you've been walking with him. And then he starts saying like, you can't start thinking you don't like certain people. Now, at the beginning, you got away with that. You got away with it and got away with it and got away with it, and God never talked to you about it. It wasn't that he wasn't aware of it. It's just that now it's time to deal with it because you're not in seventh grade anymore. It's time to be in eighth grade. You're not in high school anymore. It's time to graduate. It's time to go to college. It's time to be a big boy and grow up. You got to stop being a little baby and stop having tantrums and stop crying when everything doesn't go your way. I need to start to stand in my spirit and be strong. Come on, anybody getting anything out of this today? That's a good father. Come on, I have three sons. I don't have girls. If I had girls, I don't know. Would I be as tough on them? But I have boys and Dawn's like, you're being too tough on them. I'm like, they're boys. Like, you're a mom. You don't understand. That's how moms are. That's that tender. I mean, that's why there's two of us too. So it's balanced. I'm like, no, stop your crying. I don't want to hear you crying. Listen, if they're crying because they're hurt, I'm going to love them. If you're crying because you're being a baby, I have no tolerance for that. I mean, unless you're a baby. <laughs> but they're not. They're big. Time to be young men. So he says here to us, he says, he does it to satisfy the law. Come on. Jesus did. Everybody say Jesus did it. Say, I can't do it. Come on, let's just get it over with. I've been saying this a lot this season, but I can't do it. That's fine. God's, actually, that's what you have to say. It's not just that God's okay with that. You have to say it. You have to say, God, I'm forsaken. God, I've got, I don't have the strength. God, I can't get over this. God, I can't do it. God, I'm weak. And then we need to come to the place on that abandonment where we don't even try. We just say, Lord, I'm giving to you again and again and again and again and again. You do it in me. Comma, because Jesus did it 
but we must let him. Everybody say, we must let him. We don't realize that we get in the flesh because we think, I'm not doing this sin. I'm not doing that sin. I'm good here. I'm good there. I'm not like them. Certainly not like them. I'm okay with you. Things are good. Come on, we're all like the rest of us. He satisfied the law for us, but we must no longer walk in our flesh. And NLT translated as that's your sin, that's your sinful nature. Your flesh is your sin nature. It's the nature that you are naturally born with as a human being, not by God, but born out of Adam and Eve's sin in, in the human form, right? And we've talked about that many times. You don't have to teach children to be bad. It's just natural. Mine, 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 mine. And many adults are still saying mine. Even my hurts and my anger, my rights. Come on. We can't. You can't. Come on, believers. I'm here to tell you today, you can't do that. You have no rights. You have no rights. And people, wait a second. It doesn't mean you have people walk all over you. Yes, you do. Because I'm pretty sure that Jesus laid down on a cross and stretched out his hands and let them put nails in them. Well, you, don't, you just can't let people walk all over you. It doesn't matter if you're a believer. Yes, you do. And then you go to the Lord and you plead in the kingdom for their sake. And usually when you do that, all of a sudden a giant plank appears in your eye and you realize, wow, I'm actually worse than them. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, they think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind. Everybody say, letting our flesh, our sin nature, control our mind, leads to death. There it is. The Word says it. It's not my opinion. I'm not making it up. The Word says if you let your mind rule, it will kill you. You may say, well, I've hated this person for 20 years. I'm not dead yet. Well, you might be getting closer. Listen, I heard about a preacher in Africa who had saved like millions and, you know, you can choose to not believe the story. Maybe people listening even on the podcast, people don't believe that people die and come back and all kinds of weird beliefs. I mean, people believe everything. Anyway, whatever. I don't care anymore. The guy dies. And he's in like this in-between. I mean, he's dying. Like I say death because like death is like, you know, they're on the table, bringing him back, whatever. But... He's going to go to hell. And he's like, Lord, I'm a preacher. I saved millions. He said, yeah, you just had a big fight with your wife. And you said, I will never forgive you and walked out the door. 
Anybody ever heard that story before? Thank God the Lord actually brought him back and now he tells his story. Listen, why wouldn't you believe that? Why would the devil give him a story to tell us to be better Christians? <laughs> if we want thing, if he came back and be like, listen guys, guess what? I saw, the, I saw the light. Who's heard these stories? I saw the light, it doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. Doesn't matter which God, just pick a God. Actually, just make yourself a God. It's all light, it's all good. Who's heard those stories too? Those are the ones to be careful of. You probably didn't see Jesus. But when he says, hey, Jesus said forgive. And in fact, don't even go to bed at night until you forgive. In fact, he says, he says, leave your offering. What are you doing? Not just that offering, but your life is an offering, right? Who do you think you are coming here and worshiping me? Well, you've got junk in your heart. He said, I want you to leave that on the altar and go deal with your brother. So I think his story is actually right because Jesus told me through his word exactly what was about to happen to him. Thank God for grace. God did not let him die. Maybe you're thinking here, well, that's, a, that's like, that makes me fearful. I don't ever want to get into a fight with anybody because what if I die the next second? Good. Good. We don't have the right, but more than the right, listen, if you need to make it law, you can make it law. This is the thing about God's law. Just because he freed us from it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Say it again. I need you to say that back to me so that I know you believe me. Just because I'm free from the law doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You think because we're freed from the law that now you have the right to murder your brother and still go to heaven? That's ridiculous. But Jesus says, if you're angry in your heart, you've already murdered them. So why don't we stop listening to the opinions of pastors and preachers and books, and especially all the New Age and other religions that have mixed in in this time and says, it's all good, baby. You can just do whatever you want. Just love God. Little G, keep the Jesus off, gets more people in the building. Because Jesus spoke a pretty sharp and pretty heavy word, but it was life. Come on. That's where I'm trying to go. It's not just law. If you want it to be law, it can be law for you. But it's actually life. Because when I don't hate and I choose to love, who's ever done that before? Wow, this is so much better. It can be law for you if you want it to be law. It will be. Listen, God is the judge, and he's got a book of judgments. He's going to sit on the great white throne of judgment. So I think if he's a judge on a throne of judgment, then what is he going to use? He's going to use a law. We're not freed from it in the sense that you don't have to do it. You're freed from the power of sin. Come on. This is the manipulation that the devil has crept into the church in our modern times. Just that's why I brought up the Netflix stuff and because he's subtle and he's crept in and brought this uh, false grace message in that you can just love Jesus and it's all good. Yeah, I mean, at the core, sure, it sounds good. It's like a little bit of, you know, a little bit of poison in your ice cream. Tastes exactly the same. You're right. Of course, I mean, why would I argue with that? 
except that the subtlety is, I'm dealing with it, you know, it's been like 25 years, but I'm dealing with it. It literally says that it will kill you. But letting the spirit, everybody say, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Come on, who wants life and peace? You want life and peace? Then we have to let the spirit control us. And I'm telling you, if you were like, well, I'm not thinking about anything evil. So I'm in the spirit. That's not quite it. You're close. It's not quite it. But it's truly meditating on him and his word. It is, you have to respond. Who's found that if you don't respond to the thoughts, they keep coming? As soon as you think, I hate you, you need to say, Lord. And listen, God's not going to be offended. Devil's certainly not going to gain any ground because he already knows you hate the person. So I usually say, just say it. Lord, right now I hate that person. God is not going to send you to hell. But as long as it's comma, but Lord, I know that's not what you want in my heart. And I think it's them. I go to prayer like this with the Lord. I don't care. He is my friend. He's God, but he's also my friend. So I say, Lord, I think it's them, but Lord, I know your word though. I trust your word more than I trust me. So to be honest, through my eyes, it really looks like them. But your word says that when I go to take out the speck, I'm going to find a plank. You said deal with me first. So in order for me to pray with them, I'm going to deal with me. And I'm telling you, every time I do that, I end up finding that I'm the issue. It doesn't mean there was no issue. It takes two to tango but I don't have the right to have an issue. Because Jesus said, when they ask you to go one mile, go two. When they ask, they say, give me, come on, give me. He says, double it. And we go, well, come on, we're not a doormat. Come on, you need to get that out of your Christian lingo. That crept in, I've heard it from Christians. You're not a doormat. By Christians, you know, you can't just let them walk all over you. Just get rid, yes, you have to. You have to. Let them do it. Because you know every single time you let someone touch you. Come on, just look at this. Just, let's just very quickly, and I'm gonna close with this. Jesus said, you're not putting me on this cross. Let's be honest here. Okay, I'll, hey, hey Pilate, I'm gonna, share, I'm gonna share a secret with you. You can't put me on this cross. I'm getting on this cross willingly. And by doing that, he brought eternal life for all of humanity that could, will call on his name and repent for, forever, before and after, through an act of selflessness. So don't tell me that we have the right to stand up for ourselves and to talk back you can't you have no right to respond you have no right to even think it and the only way that we can deal with it is to instantly start praying lord jesus deal with my heart and just for your homework go home and read hebrews 4:12 i won't preach on it but i'll read this 
The word of God is alive and it's powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes. The word of God exposes our innermost thoughts. It says in the New King James, it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Lord has been allowing it so that when you think it, you realize, wow, I am not in the spirit and I need to be because outside of it is death and I want to be in life and peace. I want to walk in life and peace and I want others. And if I'm in death, then what, what is my message? What is my life? Come on. It's just, it's bigger than us too. And that's another sermon. That's part two there. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We glorify you, Lord. We thank you that you are in this room today, Lord, that you never leave us, you never forsake us, that your love loved us so much that you died even before we sinned, Lord God. You were already, it was already paid. And then all we have to do is receive it and say, yes, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Come into my life. Make me whole. I want to know you, Lord. I want to walk with you. I don't want to live the old way anymore. I want to know you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that at the very moment that we say those words, I thank you, Lord, that something in our spirit begins to change. And I thank you, Lord, that we just stay moldable and soft before you. And Holy Spirit, every single day we say the same exact thing to you that we said the day that we believe, Lord, that we came to you and got saved. Lord, we just keep saying the same thing to you. Lord, this is your day. I'm your vessel. Deal with me. Deal with my heart. Get the junk out of me, Lord, so that I could walk in the Spirit because I want life and I want peace and I want those around me to have the very same thing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.